Here's your question for one million pounds. To which of the following did angels announce the greatest news in human history, the birth of God's Son? Was it A, senators living in Rome, B, priests living in Jerusalem, C, philosophers living in Athens, or D, shepherds living out in their fields? Now, let's ask the audience. And as we haven't yet installed responsive keypads in the pews, we'll use a very traditional method of expressing our vote, i.e. raising your hand. Alright? So here comes the question again. To which of the following did angels announce the greatest news in human history, the birth of God's Son? Raise your hand if you think it's A, senators living in Rome. Can't see because of light. B, priests living in Jerusalem. C, philosophers living in Athens. D, shepherds living out in the fields. Well, yes. Looks like everyone knows the correct answer is D. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Familiar words. Familiar carols. You haven't sung it while shepherds watch their flocks by night. Or whatever deviant version you learnt when you were a child. Familiar scenes. Gracing many a Christmas carol you've got this year. Or picture among the cards that had anything to do with Christmas. But in fact, the story of the shepherds is a shocking story. If you'd lived in the first century when this happened, you would never have chosen D shepherds living out in the fields. And you would never have imagined that God would have chosen these shepherds living out in the fields to announce the greatest news in human history. Not because shepherds were less important than senators in Rome, which they were, or less religious than priests in Jerusalem, which they were, or less smart than philosophers in Athens, which they were. No, you would never have guessed for another reason, which is hidden behind popular mythology, as portrayed in paintings and Christmas cards, and confused by the image of shepherds in our own society, as seen in programs like One Man and His Dog, the nice friendly rural character with his collie by his side. Contrary to this popular image, in first century Palestine, shepherds were badly in need of a makeover. The very nature of their work out at all hours meant that they rarely, if ever, 
went to synagogue or temple. And such was their dubious reputation as a class of people that shepherds in the first century were prohibited from giving evidence in court because by very nature of being shepherds, their word would be unreliable. Christina Rossetti's beautiful poem come Christmas carol in the bleak midwinter might answer the question of a Christmas present for the baby Jesus. What can I give him, poor as I am, by suggesting if I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. A nice thought, but when Jesus was alive, the more likely answer would have been, if I were a shepherd, I would steal a lamb. Yet Luke tells us in his gospel account that it was shepherds living out in the fields to whom the angelic choir appeared, around whom the glory of the Lord shone. No wonder we learn that even these hard-bitten characters were terrified. Surely there must have been a slip-up somewhere and the heavenly coordinates for angel flight must have got mixed up. But there is no mistake, never any mistake, as the angel reassures the petrified shepherds. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. People like shepherds who are not very important, not very religious, not very bright, and not very good. So, and if you remember nothing else about what I say this evening, remember this about Christmas. If it's good news for shepherds, then it's good news for every one of us here this evening. It's good news to those of us who feel unimportant, insignificant. It's good news to those of us who are unbelieving, who rarely darken the doors of a church except for the occasional wedding or maybe like this for Christmas. It's good news for the untalented, to those of us who might struggle to get past £1,000 on millionaire and those who would never get past the first stage of pop idol, no matter what you look like. It's good news, most of all, to the undeserving. To those of us who've done things in our lives that we wish we hadn't done. Who've made a mess of things. Who've not even lived up to our own standards, let alone those that we know in our conscience God demands of us. Yes, it's good news for shepherds. It's good news for you. And I'm very thankful it's good news for me. And what is this good news? Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A Saviour. That's what we need. Someone to come and rescue us from the mess we're in. Someone to forgive us the wrong we've done. Someone to put us right with our Maker. 
And where will the shepherds find this Saviour, this Christ, this Lord? This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. The Saviour, the Rescuer, has come from heaven to earth in human form as a tiny baby, Emmanuel, God with us, born in the humblest of circumstances for the humblest of people. Astounding news. No wonder the heavenly choir gives full voice and no wonder when the strains of glory to God die away, the shepherds hurry off to Bethlehem to find the baby. You see, had the king of kings been born in a palace, they would never have got past the perimeter wall. But there is no protocol for entering stables, no armed guards around mangers, and so they came and saw. And they went and told. Which is why we can celebrate and know this story today, 2,000 years on. And the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, like all births, is a beginning, not an end. The baby grew up to become a man. A man who described himself as a shepherd, as the good shepherd, come to seek and save lost sheep, lost people like you and me. The one who said, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what this baby did when he became a man. Dying on a cross in our place to bring us back to God. And now through Jesus, God offers us forgiveness and eternal life. A new relationship with God, which begins here on earth and which not even death can destroy. One that continues in heaven forever. But it's a gift. A gift that we can accept or refuse, as his own people did when he came. Our last reading reminded us. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, it says, to those who accepted the gift, to those who accept him, we are welcomed into God's family. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Our final carol that we'll sing in a few minutes' time puts it like this. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming. But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. And the challenge I leave with you this evening is this. Whether having heard, we remain with our sheep in our sin. Or whether we come and see and encounter Maybe some of you here this evening, the greatest gift of all, for the first time in your life, the wonder of God with you.
Emmanuel. The final verse of the carol is really a prayer. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels. The great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Why not make this your prayer? And it will be like no other Christmas you've ever experienced. We'll sing that carol in a moment, but first.